Welcome to the Girl Gang Craft Podcast, where we dive in deep to all things business, wellness, creativity, and activism for artists and entrepreneurs. We talk with impactful, female-driven companies and founders for an inside look at the entrepreneurial experience, where you'll come away with tangible steps to elevate your business. Are you ready? I'm your host, Phoebe Sherman, founder of Girl Gang Craft, artist and designer and marketing obsessed. We're here to learn together how to expand our revenue, implement new organizational techniques, and cultivate best business practices as we work towards creating a life doing what we love. Let's get started. Hello, creatives. Welcome back to Girl Gang Craft, the podcast. Today, we have Sam Reese on the podcast of The Shitty Craft Club. You've definitely seen her on your For You page, on the TikTok. She's hilarious. She's fun. She makes crafts. So I don't know her personally. We have no connections. And I just decided to send her a good old email and see if she would join us on the show. And she said yes, like very immediately, which I love. This is my favorite thing about the podcast. I get to talk to folks that you know, maybe I wouldn't have a normal opportunity to talk to. So I get to lure them onto my podcast for a conversation for your delights and pleasures and ears. We have a great conversation. She's hilarious. But before we dive into that today, here we are in June and we have our Salem Craft Fair coming up. So that's June 24th, Old Town Hall and Derby Square. So it's inside and outside. I think we have about 80 vendors and this is North Shore Pride. So there's a parade, there's other festivities. This will be a fun, beautiful rainbow gay pride day. So come check it out. We do have a Facebook event. You can find it at callgangcraft.com slash events and go ahead and RSVP send it to a friend. And then again, we have our other Salem show, the next one in July. That's July 22nd. Same place, same time, 11 to 5, free to attend. It'll be a good old time. So come one, come all. What else is going on this month? Maybe you want to throw your own craft there. Maybe you're feeling like you're not really getting into craft fairs or maybe craft fairs are kind of too far away for you or they're not really in alignment with your ethos. It's time to throw your own damn craft fair. So we've got a class for that. I've been throwing craft fairs for six years. Six years. It's my full-time gig. We made over 100k last year throwing craft fairs in revenue, not profit. And it is a lucrative revenue stream. It is rewarding. It is hard, but you are providing opportunities for yourself to sell your work and for your community. And you're teaching the community at large about the importance of shopping small. And I could not ask for a better, different job. I couldn't. So maybe you want to throw your own craft fair and I tell you how to do it. We have class for that. And you can find it at girlgangcraft.com slash events. You can take this class at your own time, at your own pace. It's an hour and a half class. We have it listed at 197. It is an investment into your business, into this new revenue stream. And you'll probably make that craft, that feedback, right? With a booth or two, depending on your prices. Yes. Time to throw your own damn craft fair. Okay. I think that's it for my announcements today. This one's a little bit shorter than the last rambling. And if you love this podcast, if it helps you in any way, we would love for you to send it to a friend or post in your stories. Word of mouth is the best way to get the word out about this podcast. So if it means something to you, send it along, please. And thank you. You can also write us a review on Apple Podcasts. Give us that good old five-star review. Pretty, pretty, please. And write something amazing. (laughs) Or maybe just like a way that we've helped you or where you become the friend in your ears. Or I don't know, maybe you just write that you think my dog's really cute. That's fine. I know she's not a star on the podcast, but she's a star on my Instagram. And she is sitting right behind me, staring out the window, just out of the shot. Hello, creatives. Welcome back to Girl Gang Craft, the podcast. And today we have Sam Reese with us. And 
you know, I'm really excited for this conversation. Sam, I've been following you for a while. You are hilarious and so crafty. Thank you. (laughs) And really, I just know that our audience can learn a lot from you. So why don't you introduce yourself and tell us who you are? Absolutely. Hi, I'm Sam Reese, and I am Shitty Craft Club, as you may know. Maybe that's why you're here. And also, I'm a writer, comedian, director, actor. I do a thousand things, as we all do, but they're all kind of in the same universe. Yeah, thank you for having me. Thank you for being here. And if you're watching on YouTube, you can see that the background Sam has is just like fabulous. And you probably recognize it from, you know, her social media. Yeah, it's very subtle. I'm very into minimalism, obviously. Yes. Muted tones, palettes. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) I love it. Okay. So I guess right off the gate, like, Let's talk about Shitty Craft Club first. Also, I love that yours is kind of a tongue twister because we're kind of a tongue twister and it's like in the same realm. So how did yeah, this right? start? <laughs> what happened? Tell us about that journey. Okay. So now I'm going to mess up saying it. Shitty Craft Club. Girl Gang Craft. It's like, did you watch 30 Rock? Yes, of course. The rural juror rule here. All the tongue twisters. <laughs> Okay, so Shitty Craft Club started in 2019, and it was a live event first. That was the initial seed of it all. I just really wanted to get my friends together and make some silly stuff, and I rented a community space that I had been to before, done some shows at, and invited you know, 20 to 30 of my closest pals. (laughs) I extended an invite to like any creatives that I was friends with and just had this feeling that we were all like, oh, our passion became our job. And now we can't be creative for fun. We can, but it feels harder, right? So I was like, I just want to goof around with some crafts. I'll buy a bunch of stuff. We'll show up. And yeah, we glued a bunch of stuff to sunglasses. The initial craft was inspired by iMakeStagram. I don't know if you follow. Rachel Burke, she's iconic. She's an Australian designer, but she does these like fun, she calls them stun glasses. So I was like, oh, perfect entryway craft here. And we got together for like three hours and I hired a photographer friend to take photos of us at the end because I was like, you know, I think a big part of this will be not only doing the craft, but then celebrating it no matter how shitty it is. And the whole idea behind Shitty Craft Club is not that it looks shitty necessarily, but it's allowing yourself to try something new, make something just for fun, and let it be exactly what it is without judging it and judging yourself and judging anyone else's creations. So at the very end, we did a big dance party modeling session, and it was amazing. So I was like, let's do this every month. And that's how it started. I love it. And maybe to go a little bit off a tangent, and this is not, you know, the direction that I had planned in my Virgo mind. <laughs> oh, yes, Virgo twins. Yeah, you're Virgo too. I mean, yes. Virgo too. I mm-hmm. love that. <laughs> okay, we'll hop on to that later. But this idea of creating for pleasure, I think, is so potent and so top of mind for our community, me in particular. I just started ceramics for fun, and I love it. And I'm having so much fun and it's really cool to be able to be, you know, like have a beginner mindset about it. Like it's not going to be perfect. You're not trying to sell it. It's like for fun. It's for you. It's for the process because as creatives, we get sort of, well, perhaps most of us get, you know, stuck on the outcome and like the monetary value and the capitalism. It's not perfect. I can't show it to anybody. Yes. So I think this is really cool. And so like, did this become an outlet for you? And like, how did your community respond to this? And were they all sort of artists doing art already professionally in various forms? Yeah, I mean, it was a mix of my community because I was working as a copywriter at an ad agency at the time for Men's Warehouse. You may have heard of it. Perfect fit, right? And you're going to like the way you work. You're going to like the way you look, but either works. <laughs> Spoiler alert. We were not allowed to use that line. Very explicitly <laughs> devastating. That's all I wanted to do. I would literally write like joke captions that I knew they wouldn't approve just to make us all laugh. And then the real ones. And they were all iterations of that. 
Anyway, so the mix of people was comedians. It was musical theater friends from college. It was ad agency friends who are creatives and some of them, you know, strategy people. It was a real, it was truly a mix of all of my communities. And yeah, the idea of creating just to create became the priority after that first time we were all like, oh, wait, this was really fun. And also just being around the energy of other people who are sort of letting loose and not judging the creations as they make them. It was a really supportive safe space because I think, you know, a safe space requires you not to judge others, but also like not to judge yourself. And it was like a really magical, a really magical moment. So from then on, I was like, oh, I really like this feeling of letting myself be bad at something. And so my kind of mantra became like, it's okay to be bad, like impress yourself at how bad you can be at something <laughs> because it's very vulnerable. And you're always sharing these crafts. <laughs> yes. Yes. Yeah. The TikTok was like a whole nother level of that for sure, which came later. Yeah. So tell us about that. So like, how did you get into the content creation world and what did that sort of become for you? I I think like a lot of people was resisting the TikTok, joining TikTok because it felt like it was not for us. I was sort of like, oh, I know it's like trends and viral, you know, dances and stuff like that. And that wasn't my vibe. But I was in a commercial for hashtag DoorDash. And <laughs> a friend of mine was like, no, you got to get on there. And he really sat me down and was like, why not? Tell me, like, give me one reason why not. And I was like, because I'm scared. <laughs> and he convinced me. And yeah, it became obviously like a sort of response to the pandemic in a way where I was like, my industry is closed at the moment. And I'm also in a space where I'm interested in what my creative voice feels and sounds like. And I have worked with a lot of collaborators in my career, and I've never given myself or I hadn't given myself the chance to see what I sound like on my own in a while. And so I just started making a video a day, letting my heart guide the craft. And if I made us up myself a rule that was like, if it doesn't feel fun, you don't have to do it. I didn't want it to feel you know, pressured. And yeah, I just, I, I just went for it. Yeah. Does it still feel fun? It does. Okay. But sometimes that means like I only post once a week instead of every day, you know, which is totally fine. Yeah. It's a, it's a weird balance now, I think, because I do get it. Of course I get in the headspace where I'm like, I should be posting four times a day. And if I'm not, I'm a failure. But I have to sit down and remind myself like, this is supposed to be a fun thing. But again, like I did end up making another little one of my passions my job. So I love to do that. <laughs> so, okay. So like what opportunities came to you through this posting on TikTok? Mm, a lot of cool stuff. I think what was so fun for me, first of all, was like the videos I've been editing myself and that's been a really fun thing that I was like, oh, I'm new at editing videos and it's something I've always wanted to do. And this provided like a perfect opportunity to combine my voice and comedy and crafts and editing and use it all together. And I've gotten a lot better at it and I'm still getting better at it. There's a lot of, I really don't know how to do. So the more I just sort of went for it and let myself get weird and freaky with the editing, the more I think people responded to that, including, yeah, like literal opportunities. Like, I mean, the biggest one is obviously the book. That has been a whole journey. We'll get to that, I'm sure. But there's been a lot of stuff. You know, there's been brand stuff here and there. I really don't take on brand work unless it feels like I have a lot of creative freedom and it's a collaborative process. I don't want it to just be, here's the assignment talk to camera situation, you know, I want it to be like, oh, I'm going to make a weird thing. It's going to be a weird video, but it's going to work for all of us, I promise. And if they trust me to do that, great. And if not, then I don't usually go for it. So there's, yeah, been some really great collaborations like Apartment Therapy and Robbie Parker, stuff like that. They've been like, yeah, do whatever you want. <laughs> but 
I think the most random thing was I was in like a little commercial for Google and they have like this Google lens feature now where you can just like take pictures of stuff and be like, what is this? Or find something like this. And they were like, hey, you got a bunch of weird stuff. Can we feature you in this commercial? I'm like, yeah, sure. So I was literally walking around my apartment being like, and this is a velvet burger I made. And this is a giant ginger ale can. And I got to keep this bagel purse from the set. So this is actually the best thing I've gotten from the Craft Club TikTok, I think, is a free bagel purse. You can quote me on that. I love it. Is that, what's her name? Is that? Betsy Johnson. Oh, it's Betsy Johnson. Okay. Great. Love yeah, Bet- Betsy's gotten into the bagel bag game. Love it. Didn't know that. <laughs> Happy for her. So, okay. So were there other ways that you were monetizing your channel besides brand partnerships? Or no. Are? Okay. No. I guess in the way that I was like, this is supposed to be a fun thing. I really, the work that I was, how I was making money was still in commercial work and acting and writing. And it still is. And I would say I really don't make money from the TikTok. Like, I didn't monetize my channel. I don't do YouTube. I do Instagram, but it's really just like reposting everything. And also, I think did Instagram take away their creators program. Yeah, they don't pay out for real. Yeah, like immediately. They were like, oopsies, we can't do that. They're like, let's take more things away from you and keep you all on TikTok. Not yeah, bring we're going to change the rules every 20 minutes. What do you think of that? Do you like that? Do you like it? Doesn't matter. You're here. And we're like, <laughs> yeah. Awesome. But yeah, I do not really monetize it in any big way yet. I don't know. <laughs> okay. So did you continue the events? Oh, yeah. So I actually, the pandemic lockdown started the weekend I was going to throw the big one year anniversary party for Craft Club, which I canceled. And I didn't do an event for like a year and a half. And then I guess it was like summer 2021, a small vintage store reached out to me and was like, I'd love to partner on an event. And I was like, great. Yeah, I really, I would love to. So that was the first big one back. And, and because I got so excited about it and the event is really like such a magical part of craft club for me and it had grown so much right without the events in person it was this first event back was a lot of it was some friends and then a lot of people i didn't know which i was like oh this is interesting i like this but i started doing a lot of events for the rest of the fall probably like two a month which was a lot <laughs> and you know i'm definitely like if i feel comfortable i'm perfectly happy being an extrovert I love to be funny, you know, make people laugh, whatever, but gets to a certain point where I'm like, I need to be alone for three days in my room watching The Bachelor, unfortunately. And I didn't give myself any of that downtime. And I burnt myself out on events pretty badly to the point where I cut all of my hair off. (laughs) I had my Britney moment. And I think at the time I was like, no, I want short hair, but it was really just like I needed control of something, even though I was perfectly in control of these events. It just felt like I was doing so many. It's me in a huge suitcase. It was in New York at the time. So I was like dragging a suitcase down the subway steps and back up the subway steps. And it got to a point where at these events, I didn't know anybody and it wasn't super comfortable in that moment for me because I didn't know I didn't really understand what was happening and so it was just sort of me by myself not doing any craft just sort of watching over hosting you know and in like the beginning of 2022 I was like I need to take a break and I have not hosted an event since then but I am gearing up to start in a more manageable way thank you for sharing all of that with us yeah, sure yeah I think that's a story that a lot of our community can relate to with like, just like something successful. And then we go, you know, full in and then we're like, oh, <laughs> this is not what I want to be doing all the time. Because you do craft fairs, right? I do craft fairs. And that, I mean, I did <laughs> a yard sale on Sunday and I was like, I don't know how people pack for these every weekend. This is so intense. It's a lot. Yeah. And 
you know, we're getting older. Mm-hmm. <laughs> my back is starting to hurt, you know? Yeah. Oh, for <laughs> sure. That's Where part of my brand. <laughs> right. You need interns. Yeah. Totally yeah. relate. <laughs> so how do you balance your other stuff? So tell us a little bit about your other world, your acting, your writing, your comedy. What does that look like today? Yeah. So I've been a comedian person for like a little over 10 years now. I was a performer and writer at the Upright Citizens Brigade in New York City. And I work with my best friend and she's also my writing partner. Her name is Becky Shacoin. And we've you been- dropped, by the way, just like casually dropped that. I what? <laughs> about, about the brigade. Just oh. <laughs> yeah. I mean, <laughs> I'm part of the brigade. It's true. <laughs> Spent a lot of my time in a basement performing comedy. Yeah, we perform together as the duo Girls with Brown Hair, and we do a lot of musical comedy, sketch comedy, and we also write TV together. So it's been a wild ride, but we've been, yeah, we've been performing live shows together for a long time. We did a lot of festivals, we've toured, and now we both live in LA and we do a lot of like developing our own projects and trying to sell TV shows and get staffed on TV shows, which is a lot of packets and making sure you have pilots written of all different types that represent your work. And we still perform a lot and we're starting to get that going in LA. And we just did a show called the 1953 Thanksgiving Special in LA, which is one of our classics, which is like a parody of the Judy Garland Christmas specials in the 60s but it's about Thanksgiving. It's wild. And yeah, so balancing the two is interesting because I feel like it goes through, each of them go through phases where Becky and I will be super busy working on, like we just directed a bunch of videos for It Gets Better, the organization. So that was like four months of traveling and a lot of prep work, a lot of editing. And then I got back into crafts for like a couple weeks, which was really nice. It's like a creative release, just lock myself in my studio and make some weird shit. Then we got into the Thanksgiving specials, like a lot of rehearsals, a lot of updating scripts, stuff like that. And now I'm back in sort of a craft mode for a little bit. And sometimes it's, you know, in tandem, like we're also writing a lot, meet like once or twice a week to write every single week. And yeah, there's some really interesting stuff happening with Craft Club that is new to me as well. A lot of physical art installations is going to be the theme of the summer. And I'm going to probably have Becky help me because she's got great stage manager energy. She can really coordinate. <laughs> she's the brains and I'm the crafts. I don't know. We're both the brains, but <laughs> she's the voice. She can really put everyone in their place, help me out. It's a good dynamic. Yeah. Does that answer your question? <laughs> yes. Yes. I think so. Okay. So let's talk about the book. So how did the book come along? Yeah. Tell us about the book. Great. Okay. So this woman named Rachel emailed me, DM'd me, I don't remember. And she was like, hi, I work with this book agency called Serendipity. Have you thought about working on a book, you know, very into the craft stuff. And she has a lot of experience in publishing and thought it would be a good fit. And I was like, oh, I haven't thought about a book, but let's talk about it. And so I met with her and who is now my literary agent, Charles, at Serendipity. And we spent the summer working on a pitch together. And I love, as a Virgo, I don't know if you identify as someone who loves to put together a mood board and a deck, but that was exciting for me. I was like, how many mood boards do you need? And can I send them to you right now? And they're like, great, we're still going to take all this and make something completely different, but we love the energy. Thank you. So yeah, I made like a big wish list of everything I wanted in a deck. Um, happy to share some of those photos. The mood boards are actually very cute. I do want to make a sort of TikTok about them because the inspiration was really helpful. And yeah, so we worked on that for a summer and then we were getting ready to pitch to publishers. And then they had this one publisher in mind, which is Chronicle Books. And that was the big one that they wanted to shoot for. And then out of the blue, one of their editors emailed me cold 
and was like, hey, have you ever thought about making a book? And I was like, <laughs> that's so funny you should say that. Actually, I have all these materials right here. And it was just like that perfect, like what, what is it? When like luck is like when opportunity meets preparation moment where I was like, oh my God. Preparation moment. I love that. Yeah, it was perfect. (laughs) And I met with her. Her name's Dina. She's an amazing editor at Chronicle. And we really clicked. She gets it. She pitched the book to her team and they were like, let's do it. And that was probably like in the winter of last year. No, 2021. Yes. And I signed contracts in 2022. Timelines fuck with my head so much. And then I started writing it early 2022. And it was due in June, June 1st. And I was moving to LA June 1st. So the week that the book was due was the week I was moving to a different state. And that I do not actually recommend if you can believe it. Also, my partner and I were in Austin, Texas for a television festival that they were in this big pilot competition for, which they won. Very exciting. And so we were in this tiny hotel room in Austin with seven suitcases. This was like in between New York and LA. (laughs) And they also had a job for the whole week. And I had to finish the book. And then I also directed some commercials for Google. That was a really cool opportunity also that came out of TikTok. We were both working in this tiny hotel room and it was chaos. So we finally got here. This was a big lesson for me in asking for help (laughs) because I was like, no, they're deadlines. I have to stick to them. And my partner, Nikki, did a very good job encouraging me to reach out and just ask for an extension, which I did. And I got a vacation responder that said, I won't be in the office till next week. And I was like, well, (laughs) I'm just going to take the week then. I'm going to take that as a sign. And it was fine. No one said anything or cared. And they actually sent me cookies as a welcome to LA gift. So that was nice. So yeah, I finished, I turned in the manuscript. That's a word they throw around a lot over there. Manuscript, new to me. And then I was ready for some scary notes. I'm not like a, I didn't take any writing classes. In college, I was taking tap and jazz and singing my little ass off to take a neuro. I also am a top dancer. So, oh my God. (laughs) Yes. I'm a bad one. You're probably way better than me. I'm amateur still. (laughs) I can make it look good with the arms. Yeah. 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 You know, can really do a lot with arm confidence. Like 13 years for me. So, (laughs) not like riding a bike, is it? In, In some ways. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. So I was like very, I was a little impostery syndrome about being a writer in that way because I can write dialogue forever. I love to write a script. But yeah, just again, honing in on my own voice and what that is as a writer was really interesting. And the notes were great. They were very encouraging and, you know, great suggestions and very helpful. And for the next, about a year. Yeah, it's been almost a year since that. It was doing the visuals and the book photo shoot was one of the hardest things I've ever done. I got to choose the photographer. Her name's Lizzie Darden. Do you know her? I do know her. Yeah. Everybody follow Lizzie. She's amazing. Perfection. (laughs) Yeah. Truly a visual icon. I mean, I don't know her personally. I know her work. Yes. Yeah. I did too. I was like, I for years had followed her and we had kind of become like internet buddies just because she found Craft Club on TikTok. And then I was like starstruck and like, I love your work. Hello. And when I suggested her as the book photographer, they were like, yeah, we'll reach out. And she was in and she flew in from Florida. We had two days to do it all. This is a 144 page book that is mostly photos. (laughs) And it was a lot. And we ran out of time at the studio and had to then set up at my apartment and shoot for until like 2am. The shot list is like six pages long. It was she brought props like she brought so much stuff. It was really interesting. I experienced this a lot in comedy writing too, where it's like, what you write on the page and what happens in real life 
shift a lot and you have to kind of be on your toes ready to like adjust and it was a lot of that like okay this in theory is interesting but we can't make it look like this in a photo so how can we change it and come up with something together that makes sense and that was really hard but I learned a lot it was awesome ultimately and the pictures look amazing I wish we could sell them all as puzzles you know (laughs) posters can you i feel like i feel like yeah you know they want to make money it's a great way to make money who doesn't love a puzzle i love it (laughs) maybe some like craft aprons yes yes anything (laughs) wait so what is the book about great question (laughs) (laughs) the book is funny short stories paired with craft diys that are also funny so it's all about you know, stories about friendship and mental health and perfectionism, all the things we've been talking about, being creative and not selling your soul completely for it. And also just a lot of silly stuff, glue and beads to trash and how to make it fun. And yeah, there's like 12 chapters and 11 of them are specific crafts. Got a holiday chapter in there. So yeah, and it's a little interactive too. I encourage everyone to, you know, write in the book, craft on the book, make it their own little craft Bible, if you will. So, and it's very colorful, stunning. So exciting. I can't wait to read it. And that's out September 19th, right? Yes. September 19th. Amazing. She's a Virgo. I get the like, what do they call them? The cop, they get, I get like free copies of it advanced copies. There it is. Manuscript, advanced copies. (laughs) I get them in at the end of May. So that'll be crazy to see for the first time. So exciting. When's your birthday? September 11th. Okay. When is yours? On the 20th. 20th. Okay. Yeah. Hell yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. So let's switch gears a little bit. And I want to talk about content. And I think you have a very interesting intersection for a lot of our community because our community is full of a lot of makers and crafters, but also a lot of service professionals, healers, witches, photographers, things like that. And I kind of think that you sit in the middle of that with your content because you're also showing up as yourself and talking about your work and talking about what you've made. So I think that's interesting because I think everyone listening can, well, everyone listening regardless can get (laughs) inspired and get advice from you. But yeah, I just think a lot of people can sort of utilize some of the strategies, if you will, if you have strategies or if you're just naturally amazing (laughs) for showing up. So I don't know, what makes good content? What do you think makes good content? Isn't that just the ultimate question (laughs) that everyone is always asking? Well, I can't speak to obviously what makes content good for everybody, but for my own work and for what I like to watch, I can speak to that. For me, I like to make content that is, how do I describe it? (laughs) It's not trying to be cool, I guess. I don't know. I really like to embrace however weird I'm feeling in the moment. The process to me is always interesting. I don't care about viral trends, whatever. Like I'll sometimes do those if they feel fun, but I tend to avoid those. Although sometimes I like to watch them. It's fun to watch. Yeah. I think the most fun to me is how weird I can make it with editing or if there's like a silly angle I can find that's not just like voiceover and video. Like that's not interesting to me. I like a lot of weird cuts and angles. And I do like, you know, I'll reshoot a joke here and there if I want to change how it hits in the video. But I really just strive for feeling like my most authentic self that day because it's always different. Sometimes my energy is low. Sometimes it's off the charts. So I try to lean into however that feels that day and make something that makes me laugh. I think that's 
most important is if if I make myself laugh, that's a really good sign. And then in terms of content, I like to watch. I just love to watch anyone showing what they're good at, showing what they love. I think one of my favorite things about human beings is just like how everyone finds their niche and gets good at their niche and their art. And it's so impressive and cool. And, you know, you see someone making miniatures so detailed and like, that must have taken forever to learn how to do that. That's so cool. Yeah, it's just so impressive to me when people can show off what their special thing is. I like to think that that's also what I'm doing, even though sometimes it's just rhinestoning a trash can. You know, it's special to me. So (laughs) that's enough. But yeah. Well, obviously there's been an audience for that. Obviously. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Receptive (laughs) to your bejeweled trash can. So I'm very grateful. (laughs) So do you have like a formula for your content? Are you someone who like thinks about a hook and a call to action or like think of it as like a story beginning, middle and end? I don't know. Do you have any sort of like formulas or formats that you think about? I guess not consciously. I think that that is so much of what my other work is. You know, writing scripts is so much about formula and structure that I am naturally doing more storytelling in TikTok than I probably give myself credit for. But yeah, I think I think I'll always prioritize in a video like what is the funniest way to get somebody's attention? That's just my life story. <laughs> Look at me. So yeah, I think if I paid attention, I would probably notice a lot of like, oh yeah, I am thinking of a beginning, middle, and end. I am switching clips around so that the storytelling makes more sense, but it's not something that I do on purpose, except for stupid ways I can enter the frame. I love to roll into frame on my computer chair. You know, I love to pop out. I love to (laughs) make an entrance, but yeah, besides that, it's really just filming and it's all in the editing process, I guess, is really where the magic happens. Well, I think that is a strategy, right? The rolling into the frame, the, I mean, so I'm a teacher, right? So I, I like to break things down for okay. y'all listening, right? So you may be, <laughs> you know, so natural at this that you're not thinking about that, but that's a strategy, I think, coming into the frame, getting someone's attention immediately, you know, starting with a joke showing your bright, colorful thing immediately and maybe doing a smaller clip first. I think I've seen you use all those strategies. (laughs) I've got you, Ben. I know what you do. Like, yeah, tell me. I'd love to know. (laughs) (laughs) So, I mean, thinking about that too, like whether it's your face, right, or if it's your item, I'm talking to you all. You all. I'm pointing to the empty room. (laughs) It's a grand you, yes. (laughs) Like, you know, how are you getting people's attention immediately? Okay, wait, here's a question. Do you find yourself making more short form content or like what's your average video time? I don't know. I think, yeah, I think they tend to be like 30 seconds or less because I don't really do tutorials. It's more like a process of me, like literally you're watching me figure it out And sometimes it's like, oh, that's a 15-minute video or two-hour video or a five-hour video (laughs) that I've cut down. But actually, a lot of it is me. I'm filming on purpose, and then I'm watching an entire season of television and then filming again. You know what I mean? So, yeah, I don't know. It's always different. But, oh, they're building a house next door. I don't know if you can hear that. That's a craft. I loved that video the other day, (laughs) and I was thinking about it. And I was like, I think I want to stitch this. I was like... What else are crafts? I was like making a salad. That's Definitely. such a craft. I'm not good at that one. <laughs> and thrifting is a craft. Yes, it is. Yes. Yeah. That's, That's a fun craft. I like that one. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Anything can be a craft. Truly. So do you film like through your whole process? And so you have that like million hour video and then you just chop it down. Yeah. For the most part. If I know that what I'm doing on the camera is not interesting, I will stop the camera so I can finish it. But if I have a funny thought, then I'll record it. But yeah, so it's been a while actually since I've... The last craft that took fucking forever was the toilet rug that I made, for which I have the prototype here. Did you use a rug gun? No. (laughs) That's my outline. Oh, good. Thank you. I 
had to learn how to use Illustrator for 10 minutes through a video to make that big enough and tape it together. But I was doing a video for a brand that is like craft instructional tutorial videos and not just crafts, they do a ton of stuff. But I was like, yeah, I'll learn how to punch needle. Yeah, I can learn to do it in a couple hours. (laughs) No big deal. I got that. Yeah. It took me all day, obviously, because it's not something you can just pick up and be perfect at, which I forget. And The instructor, her name is Adeline Wang, Adeline Wang. She's Australian. Is she Australian? I keep thinking she's Australian. I think it's because Adelaide is a place in Australia. I don't actually know where she's from, but she's an incredible punch needle artist. She doesn't use a gun. She uses it all by hand and it's, she makes some crazy stuff. Highly recommend follow. And she's very funny. And so she was a great teacher. She walks you through everything. So I was filming myself also watching her video, which was part of the pitch. So I was like, uh, okay, I need to find funny clips that she has where I can like respond to her like we're in a conversation. But then I also need to record myself. I wanted it to be honest that like, yeah, this is hard and you have to listen to the teacher. You can't just go off script when you're learning something. I mean, you can obviously teach yourself a lot, but there are teachers for a reason. And we thank you for your service. You know, you know what you're doing. You're sharing that gift with us. And so that was helpful to remember. (laughs) So yeah, that one took a really long time and I think finished it in like five or six hours. And so that video is, there are probably some outtakes that are really embarrassing of me just like hunched over like a little troll cursing at myself. Like, why am I not good at this? And I started it an hour ago. But we did it. We got through it. Are you do you do it all on your phone? Yeah. Isn't your storage like wild? Yeah, it's bad. It's really bad. Yeah. I get that notification all the time that's like, I'm dying, help me. Please delete stuff. I'm like, hmm, maybe. Maybe. I need to get a hard drive, is what I need to do. That's gonna be a good one for me. Do you batch content at all or like batch editing? Or is it all based on sort of like your crafting mood? It all depends on the mood. I have done some batching in the early days. (laughs) There was a moment actually when I had been making a video every day and then I was going to visit my dad and I was like, oh my God, how am I going to make videos? Because I was still in this place where I was like, I have to have my hair and makeup done. I'm dressed the part. The background looks great. Like It's all very aesthetic forward, finished product tied with a bow. And that was the first time where I was like, okay, maybe I can show a little more off script of what I've been doing. And it was a necessary break, of course, but that was the first time I'd filmed a couple videos that I could post while I was there to not lose momentum or the illusion of momentum. And yeah, the funniest, there's, I think it's a video that didn't even do that well, but makes me laugh a lot is that I was literally like washing my face at my dad's and there were cotton balls in the bathroom and it on the back of the bag says that you should use them for crafts. And I was like, oh, that's kind of a funny idea that like I'm away from all of my craft stuff, but here I am like still wanting to be like, what can I use them for? You know? (laughs) So no, I don't batch content. I just go with the flow. I have plenty of fucked up drafts that I tried to batch or that I was like, yeah, I'll post this. And I was like, absolutely not. I'm not going to post this because I can either watch myself being sort of manic in the, I I have to make a video about something and it's, I can watch myself not enjoying the process or it's like a silly trend that I'm like, "Eh, I don't really need to contribute to this. Just fun to use the filter sometimes, you know? (laughs) So like, what does your day to day look like? How do you stay organized with all your projects? Mm, Great question. I am still figuring that out. I, day to day, it's always different. I think ADHD wise, like a routine sticks for a little bit and then I lose it like dust in the wind. And I'm like, well, I've never had a routine ever in my life. And then I'll come back to it three months later. It's like how I journal. I'm like every day for three months and then not for two years and then I'm back. <laughs> but yeah, I think the fact that I have such freedom in my day has always been a dream of mine. I had like a very specific therapy session a few years ago where I was at the end of my rope with this advertising job and I 
you know, one of those, I don't know if you ever gotten to the point where you walk into an office and you are about to burst into tears and you're like, I got to get out of here. I was at that point and my therapist had me shut my eyes and just talk through what an ideal week would look like every like day to day. What were the things that I would want to be doing that day? And over like three years, I was able to move towards that. And that's where I'm at now, where I can kind of build my day however I want when I wake up or, you know, I obviously have stuff scheduled, but I really have the creative freedom to make my day what I need it to be. And that is a huge privilege. I'm really grateful for that. And a lot of it is because I have done commercial work that gives me those sweet, sweet residuals. And, you know, some voiceover job pays my rent for a year and a half. And that is a very unique way to make money. And it's also how I get my health insurance. So (laughs) that is something very special that I have going on right now. And it might not always be like that, but that's always what I'm trying to aim for. Crazy. Yeah. So (laughs) what's next for you? What is next? So, yeah, like I mentioned earlier, I have some kind of like sort of art installation projects coming up. I am partnering with Mudwitch. I don't know if you follow them on social media. Yep. They did one of our first shows. Oh my God. Amazing. Yeah. I've been obsessed with their mugs forever. And they reached out and asked if I would do the windows for this sort of creative space they have in San Francisco and do their windows for pride. And I was like, yeah, I've never done that before. I will figure it out. (laughs) So in the process of figuring out plans for that, but I'm very excited to give that a shot. And I'll also be doing an event there for Pride. I'm doing my first event in LA at Junior High, which is a really fun creative space, great community space. They do awesome events. So that's going to be on May 28th. And tickets will be on sale for that pretty soon. And yeah, I mean, hopefully I'll have news about a book tour soon. That's sort of my dream is that I get to go to a bunch of cities and have events at places that have reached out to me in the past and, you know, invited me to do events there and get to meet everyone around the country and maybe abroad, if you will. And what else is going on? Yeah. And like comedy wise, Becky and I still perform so we're always doing shows. I'll be actually in New York next weekend doing a show called Internet Explorers. And it's the final two shows that we're doing, but it's a really fun internet comedy show where I really reveal a lot of my middle school online presence, which was robust. <laughs> so that's going to be a caveat on April 28th and 29th in New York if this episode comes out before that. It might not. And if not, then you missed it. And there's videos of it, but that's all you get. (laughs) And then I guess last question, like how, I don't know, has there been pushback for anything? Trolls? Like how have you dealt with that? Yeah. It was a really incomplete question. (laughs) Pushback, trolls, that's enough. (laughs) You know, so far I've been incredibly online for a long time. And I'd say Twitter is like the most hellscape place I've ever been where you go viral, it's just like the worst people responding to it who don't understand it's a joke. And I haven't been on Twitter in a long time. I took myself out of that world because it was too stressful. But TikTok, you know, I've really landed on whatever side that is lovely and supportive and fun. And we're all fun, cute little weirdos over there and uh, love sharing our art with each other. And so I think the most pushback I've gotten is one time someone commented, you know, there's a tinfoil shortage. (laughs) And what are you doing about that? And I was like, I'm obviously the reason for it. This is my fault. What did you use tinfoil for? (laughs) I use it for everything. It's like just a great sculpting agent, if you will. Very moldable. Yeah. So (laughs) I was like, yeah, I'll take credit for that. I'm so sorry. I should apologize to my community. So that was just a very funny moment of like, oh, you know, sustainability is something that is important to me. And I do recycle and upcycle and reuse a lot of my supplies. I don't buy fast fashion. I thrift. I'm a vegetarian. Like there's all these things that I think about, but to be like nailed for the tinfoil thing was like, mm-hmm. 
I'll own that, but also that's very funny to me. <laughs> I'm just one little lady using some tinfoil to make some stupid stuff, but that's probably the most troll I've gotten so far. I'm sure there will be more. <laughs> Are there other ways that you like manage your mental health and take care of yourself besides crafting or is crafting sort of your go-to? No, it's a small part of it. I have a therapist who is great. I love therapy. And I also do like taking breaks from therapy. I think some people are, you know, like I have to be in it all the time, but sometimes taking a few months off or a year off has been, for me personally, has been great. So I can try and use what I've learned in my life and give myself some space to do that. But I always come back. I have really gotten into just hanging out with friends, like not making plans to do anything. Like we just go over each other's houses and we just hang out kind of like we used to in high school. And (laughs) sometimes it's video games. Sometimes we're going on walks or going on like a day trip. But yeah, just really spending time with my community has been really helpful and healing and lovely. And what else do I do? Oh, I love to go to Angel City soccer games here in LA, support the women's soccer team. Yeah. And really just spending time with the queer community here in LA, getting to know those little pockets. And there's lots of really cool events that they put together in support of the community. So really trying to be part of it all and hope that I can contribute on my end as well. Yeah. And then crafts are great too. But then sometimes just watching like 400 hours of TV is a great way to relax and cope. So all the above. (laughs) Well, Sam, this has been so nice. Can you tell everyone where they can find you? Yes. Shitty Craft Club on TikTok and Instagram. Or if you want to see more personal chaos, it's Sam Reese on Instagram as well. And then girlswithbrownhair.com or at GWBH comedy is our Instagram. And we are also on TikTok, but I don't remember our handle, which is bad. (laughs) But we do some funny videos sometimes. And yeah, I'm around. I'm always posting about shows on Instagram. So that's probably the most up-to-date place with events and stuff that you'll find for Craft Club as well. That's where I'll post ticket links and all that stuff. So make sure you follow. And the book's out September 19th. You can pre-order it now. Amazing. Okay. Well, thank you so much, Sam. This has been a blast and really appreciate you. Yeah. Thank you, Phoebe. Appreciate you. Thank you so much for listening to the Girl Gang Craft podcast. Head to girlgangcraft.com slash podcast for show notes and more. See you next time.